Good morning, PCA, on your feet. It's time to worship our awesome God, amen. We love you, Lord. You're good, God. Author of all eternity, giver of every perfect thing, to you be the glory. It's all because the blood of Jesus Christ. Oh, it covers me and raises dead man's life. Oh, it's all because of Jesus. It's all because of Jesus I'm alive. Yes, and it's all because the blood of Jesus Christ. Glory 
and all the honor and all the praise. You know something that it says in Job, I know that you can do anything. No one, God, no one can stop you. Amen? Our God is good. We love you, Lord. Shout your praise forevermore. Jesus, our God, unstoppable. Nothing shall be impossible. Your kingdom reigns unstoppable. We'll shout your praise forevermore. Jesus, sing it again, God, sing it again. Nothing shall be impossible. Your kingdom reigns unstoppable. We'll shout your
will shout your praise forevermore. Jesus, sing it again. Nothing shall be impossible. Your kingdom reigns unstoppable. We'll shout your praise forevermore. Jesus, our God, unstoppable. today, God. Miracles. We are expecting miracles in this place today, God. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. The Bible says, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. And that's what we're doing right now. God, he loves to hear us. He loves to hear us. You are beautiful, God. You are beautiful, God. Hallelujah. You are good, God. And we bless your holy name. When we were lost one. You were the shepherd that carried us home when we were prodigals. You ran to meet us with open arms, and we can't hold back our praise. Hallelujah. When we were refugees, you were the one who took us in. Joy of all creation. 
Your grace changes everything. I was blind, now I see. Your grace changes everything. By the cross, I am free. Your grace changes everything. I was blind, now I see. Your grace changes Sing it again. bless your holy name I thank you Lord that you took our sins those of us who are in Christ you took our sins and you just took them as far as the east is from the west away from us they are gone they are gone they are gone thank you Lord thank you Lord shackled to the way I was, no, I'm gonna live like my chains are gone.
you, Lord. You are good, God. You are good, God. You know, God died for our sins. He died for our sins, but he also died for our healing. That same blood that he shed is for our healing as well. And I know we got people in this room who need healing, people watching who need healing. We need to believe, yes, my sin is gone. Yes, my healing is paid for, and I'm taking it in Jesus' name. I pray and I speak, be healed into everybody here who needs it. Thank you, Lord. The first part of this song says, I stand amazed in the presence of Jesus. And I do stand amazed. The way that me and my brothers grew up was horrible. I mean, even into my 20s, my um, parents were not in a good place. My mom was arrested for dealing drugs. So our whole life, and then to be taken from that life into what we have now is why I get so excited. The days from when we didn't have enough to eat and didn't have electricity or the water was turned off, I don't have those days anymore. There's always food on the table. There's always utilities. And then we are blessed over and over and over and over. And I think sometimes we forget where we actually were because we've not been there in so long as to where we are now and how blessed we are and how God just continues to bless us and bless us and bless us. But praise is our weapon. It is our weapon. It is, it is, for, it is for God. It is not just, you know, we don't just, like Pastor has said, we don't just come into church to get what we want to get. This is our chance to show our thankfulness to God. We love you, Lord. I stand amazed in the presence of Jesus the Nazarene and wonder how he could
love you, Father. You are so good to us. We stand in awe of you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You know, the Bible says, but thanks be to God. He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. There is no real victory without Jesus Christ. But with him, we definitely have the real victory.
Jesus is all about. You are awesome, God. I love you, and I praise you, and I bless your holy name, and I thank you, God. I thank you, God. Let's give him one more shout of praise. Lord, you are good. You are worthy, God. We bless you. We thank you, God. Be glorified in this place today. Be, be glorified in us today, in Jesus' name. Good morning, PCA. I like that song. That's a new, a new song. Never lost a battle unless you were out in the wind today with your hair. I don't care how much Elmer's glue I put on my hair. It just doesn't help out there. Some of you will get that about lunch, okay? We want to welcome our guest today. Todd, he's, oh, okay. We want to welcome our guest today. If you are a guest, we want to know all we can about you because we are so happy to see you here. Out in front of the church, it says, welcome home. Get that sign still there and not on its way to Kansas. 
and we are glad to have you. If you would fill out one of these, we would so appreciate it. Hopefully some people have come up to you and said hi, and we're glad to have you with us because we are so glad to have you with us. The annual, oh, can you feel the excitement in the air right now? Can you just feel the electricity? Okay. Am I talking about March Madness? <laughs> what am I talking about? Thank you very much. The annual business meeting, is that what I'm talking about? Okay. It's tonight at 6 p.m. right in here. You know, the Bible tells us to be a good steward of what God has given us. Am I correct? What better way to find out how our church does than to be at the annual business meeting, which is going to be right here tonight at 6 p.m. Uh, I've been to a few of them. You can come. You will enjoy it. And remember, it's only annual. That's once a year. That's a good thing. Being a good steward of what God has given us also refers to our tithing. Now, I found, and I've run into people, and I've done it myself, sometimes we argue with God when it comes to money. I'm going to get someday a $1,400 check. Do I really tithe on that? Because after all, it's my money. Yes, yes, you do. You tithe on your income, which comes from God. I know, and I've said this before, in my, before I came back to the Lord, I spent a lot of money, all of it, on whatever I was worshiping at the time. Now I give 10% to God, and the rest of it he lets me use, and he's been very beneficial to me. So remember that when that $1,400 check comes in. Think of what this church could do with the 10% that you give to the church. If I could have the Purple Bag Boys come forward, now there's several ways to do this. You can uh, put your cash or check in the offering. The kiosk by the welcome desk, you can put it in there. The website, pcachurch.com. The PCA app. Now, I used it last week or two weeks ago, and it works. I could get through it. PCA app, that's an abbreviation that means Pocket City Assembly. I don't know what that means. Or you can text PCA Church to 1-844-390-2401. You can give without loving, but you can't love without giving. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that we have this chance to give back to you. You give us so much, and you ask so little of us. Please take it. Use it for your will, dear Lord. Help us to benefit and to bless others. All these things we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. It's great to have you today at PCA Church. I tell you what, I was back there singing and worshiping God, and if you, uh, if you didn't feel the presence of God, something's wrong. Amen? It's great to have you here today. If you're a guest with us, thank you so much for being here. Pray that three things happen. Number one, you feel the presence of God. Number two, we make you feel welcome. And number three, you got to come back. Amen? Seconds are always the best. Well, today I've got a couple of little things I want to say, and then we'll get into the message. Um, number one is if you signed up and you're part of the Easter production, and that starts next Sunday, Palm Sunday is next Sunday. Uh, if you signed up and you're part of that production, be here Tuesday night, March the 23rd at 6 p.m. Uh, you'll get all your uh, robes and all the costuming and stuff and be ready because it's almost Easter. I love Easter, don't you? Celebrating the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so uh, be here Tuesday night at 6 o'clock. Then also tonight's the business meeting. I got to tell you, we got good news for you. So you want to be here tonight for that uh, business meeting at 6 o'clock. There was a minister. Uh, he came home one day unexpectedly. 
and uh, looked around the house, couldn't find his wife. He's like, wonder where she's at. He looks out the window to the backyard, and there she is out there with a shovel digging in the backyard. He's like, I wonder what she's doing. So he goes out there, and he startles her, first of all. She says, oh, honey, what are you doing home? He said, well, I wanted to just uh, surprise you. And he said, what are you doing? She said, well, um, I've got uh, a little hole dug here in a little box. And uh, he said, what's in the box? He said, she said, well, honey, every, every time that you preached a bad message, uh, um, I came out here and, and put an egg in the box. And so she opened the box, and there was two eggs. He said, wow, over all these years, there's only two eggs? He said, but what's all that money there for? She said, well, when I got a dozen, I would cash them in. And that's what this is. And so, uh, if you go and talk to Miss Sandy, we got holes all over the backyard at our house. And uh, one day she's going to cash all that in and we'll have a lot of money. But today, I want you to stand with me and get ready for the preaching of the Word. Because the Word is powerful. Amen. It's powerful to the pulling down of strongholds. So today, take your Bible, lift it up, whether it's in the Word of God in the paper or it's an iPad or iPhone, whatever it may be. Rattle that saber just a little bit and repeat this after me. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet. Thy word is a light unto my path. Thy word will I hide in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Lord, help me every day to read thy word. Lord, help me every day to live thy word. I love thy word. And dear Lord, help the preacher. Amen. God bless you. you. May be seated. In our society today, we are asking a lot of questions. There's so many questions being asked of everything. Things that we held dear as traditions are being questioned. Things that we've been held dear as part of our society, everything's being questioned. And i, I got to be honest with you, with all the questions of society today, I'm very concerned with a lot of the answers. I'm sure you are too. And so today I have questions. I have questions. We have a thing in the Assemblies of God called the AG Lead Pastors uh, website and, and kind of a conversational page that we have and there's always a lot of questions being asked on there pastors asking other pastors how do you handle this situation how do you respond with this and on and on the list goes well this last week there were questions on there and I'm very concerned about the questions because one of the pastors stated that uh, he's noticed lately that in conversations and being in fellowship oriented kind of uh, uh, atmospheres with other pastors he's noticed that he's hearing pastors using profanity and that's beginning to be a concern to him and he's wondering how do other pastors feel about and we're talking about assembly of God pastors using profanity and I'm beginning to think myself why do we even have this question uh, this used to not even be a question I mean, not even among everybody in the church, much less the preachers of the Word of God. And so I, I came back to this answer myself. You can have whatever answers you want to because I believe every question should have an answer, don't you? And so I came back with the answer that um, I remember Simon Peter. Um, he was in the garden area sitting by the fire one night, and this young lady came up and said, Aren't you one of those disciples? And he said, no, I'm not, but uh, you must be having me 
uh, you know, with someone else. That's not me. So she asked him again. He said, uh, respectfully, I'd like to just say, no, I'm not with that Jesus. And she asked him the third time. And so to cut a clear passage of disassociating himself with Jesus, he used profanity. That was his way. If I were not a Christ follower, would I speak like this? That was his clear-cut way of communicating. I am not a Christ follower, using profanity. And I thought today, uh, matter of fact, my wife tells me that her mother, my parents told me the same thing, that, that people who use profanity just did not have a very good vocabulary. That they had to use that because they couldn't think of intellectual words to respond with. But I believe that today we are having a lot of questions that I don't think should be questions. But I do believe with every question there should be answers. And I believe today the Word of God has answers, don't you? Uh, last week I preached on about settling. We, get, we settle in and, and sometimes we start on the journey. We're headed from the Ur of the Chaldeans and we're headed to Canaan land. But we get stopped in here and we settle in. Today I want to talk about this, I have questions. If you have your Bibles, turn to 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 3 through 6. The Word of God says this, Join with me in suffering, like a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No one serving as a soldier gets entangled in the civilian affairs, <clears throat> but rather tries to please his commanding officer. Similarly, anyone who competes as an athlete does not receive the victor's crown except by competing according to the rules. The hard-working farmer should be the first to receive a share of the crops. You see, he's giving us some examples of what it means to serve God. One is an example of, of being a soldier. You're there to serve and to make your commanding officer pleased and you do not get tangled up in the affairs of civilians. Another one is as an athlete. There's rules, right? I love March Madness. My bracket got destroyed the first day. I don't know about yours, but how in the world does Oral Roberts win a game? I don't know. How in the world does somebody beat my Texas team the first round? I don't know. But I'm not supposed to get tangled up in all that. What I'm supposed to do is be a good soldier. I'm supposed to compete according to the rules. You see, everything has rules. And there are things that are out of bounds in every area of life. Just like with getting a crop, you, you want to celebrate in the harvest. But there's a lot of work to get there. There's rules. There's ways to take care of the ground and take care of the seed and take care of the process. And is living for God, there's rules. There's boundaries, there's process. And Paul's writing this letter to Timothy, telling him how to be a good soldier, how to compete and win, telling him how to get a harvest. And I believe every one of us today, we're all Timothys. God has called every one of us to be a good soldier, to be in the army of God. God has called every one of us to compete in this thing called life and do it by the rules of the word of God. God has called every one of us to help in the harvest. And God is calling us today to be good men and women of God and to be Timothys and to listen. I believe every one of us have been given godly examples. Paul was an example to Timothy. Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. And I believe God's given us great examples in the word of God. For a few weeks I taught about the anointing. In the Old Testament, 
The anointing was a powerful thing. And God said, I want the tabernacle to be in the very center of all the tribes as they were stationed around. And the process, I taught about the temple, the main word was daily, 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 daily. Daily the priests were anointed. Daily the lamps were filled with oil and they were trimmed. Daily there were sacrifices. Daily, daily, daily. God set up the tabernacle with a daily attention to the presence of God. In the New Testament, the very first church that came about after the resurrection of Jesus Christ, he said they met daily in each other's houses and daily they fellowshiped and daily they read the word. And that is why I have before I preach us to lift our word and say, hey, daily God help me to read this. Daily help me to be in your presence. Daily let me run this race with patience and win this thing. Daily let me be a part of the harvest. Lord, daily, Lord, I want to be a good soldier today and please my commanding officer. I believe the word of God sets up these principles for a reason that we are to daily seek God. Daily read his word, daily be in his presence. And today I'm getting weary of all the questions, aren't you? Because we really shouldn't even be entertaining these questions. So today I have some questions. It's time for answers. Today I'm not concerned about your past. Today I'm not concerned about the past of PCA Church. Today I'm not concerned about what your failures have been. I'm not concerned about where we used to be and what we used to be. What I'm concerned is what will we do from this point forward? What will we do? You see, we need to stop giving excuses. And we need to rise up. Last Sunday, the Word of God challenged us to get up from Haran. To stop settling and to get up and to rise up and to move on to Canaan. The land flowing with milk and honey. To live the abundant life that God has prepared for every one of us. So that we live it, our children and our generations to follow can benefit from our choices. Today it's time to stop giving excuses. God has called us, you and I, to be a glorious church. A glorious church, not a dead church, not an apathetic church, not a building of what was so people can come in and see relics of past generations, but we are called to be alive in Christ. We are called to be glorious. We are a Pentecostal church that has the anointing and the power of God and the power of the Holy Spirit and it's time that we start looking like it, acting like it, praising like it, worshiping like it and living like it in our everyday life and it's time for us to stop giving excuses. So I've got some questions. The first question that I have is what do you have? What do you have? You see, I believe the enemy is always telling me and always telling you what we don't have. What we don't have. I remember we started a church in a funeral home and the enemy told me all the things we don't have. Well, you don't have someone to play the piano. You don't have a bulletin. Wow. We didn't have communion. We didn't have the ways to do it. We didn't have a computer. We didn't have this and we didn't have that. I remember all the things and I thought, man, if we just had all those things, 
Well, then when we got those, the enemy tells well, you don't have a new building. You're, you don't have a, a family life center. You can't be a church without a family life center. You must have a gymnasium or you're not a church. And you've got to have all these. You've got to have the choir and the robes and the baptism. All. So we got all those things. And can I tell you, all those things is not what a church is. So today the enemy will tell you in your life what you don't have. Well, you don't have this and you don't have that. And I have people tell me all the time, well, we can't do this and we can't do that because we're not this and we're not that. Can I tell you, we have a lot of excuses. I, time, I think it's time to stop. Because I'll tell you what you have and what I have. I'm going to tell you what we have because I'm going to give you answers. What we have is God. Bulletins haven't ever built a church. God didn't say, give me a gymnasium, I'll build you a church. He said, but upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. If you think you're building the church, if I think I'm building the church, we're wrong. It is God who builds the church. If he doesn't build it, those that labor, labor in vain. God, we've got God. Well, I'm going to get you there. We have God. And the Bible tells me that with God, all things are possible not with God all things are excusable not with God all things are well we don't have the word of God says if we have God all things are possible we have a God who saves those who are compelled to be unsavable with God we have a God who loves the unlovable he heals the sick he creates miracles he splits mountains he stops rivers he gets people out of jail he causes them to see causes them to walk causes them to hear he even goes so far as to raise the dead we have the fullness of the Holy Spirit church we, we have is we have God and if we've got God we've got everything we need he raises the dead look at this Acts 1 8 what do we have you shall receive power that word in the Greek is dunamis you shall receive dynamic power of God hallelujah what do you have you have God you have his dynamic power he says, you'll be able to be witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. You have the anointing of the Holy Spirit, and it breaks the yoke of bondage. And today we have more people confessing bondage than we have confessing the breaking of the bondage. Well, I can't do this and I can't do that because... Look what I was and look what I did. It doesn't matter, church. When Jesus Christ saves you, he redeems you, calls you by name. You are now his anointed one. He's called you to be a part of the childhood and the kingdom of God, of the family of God. And he's called us and those he calls, the word of God says, he ordains. And those he ordains, he anoints. In other words, he equips you with everything that you need to do whatever comes in your life in this time we're living. So what do you have? you have God and we need to remember that today God has called us he's raised us up he empowers us gives us ministry and I got to tell you this is serious stuff serious stuff God's hand is on you and God's hand is on me and think about what he does with his hands and his hand is upon you God tells us that God is with 
us. He never leaves us. That God is for us. And if God be for us, yeah, we have the greatest news known to mankind. It is called good news. God has given us people. Look around. God has given us people. God has given us gifts of the Holy Spirit. What do you have? You're gifted. You are very gifted people. God has given us the helps of the Holy Spirit. And God has placed us in a nation of freedom. What do you have? You got everything that you could ever possibly want or need in this life to live a life and to be the glorious church that God has called you to be. And it's time today we give Him praise for it. Come on. And we begin to rise up in this house and be who God has called us to be. And to have what God has given to us. 2 Peter 1.3 God says this. He has given us his divine power. And his divine power has given us how much? Everything we need. Everything we need for a godly life. Everything we need to have the knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. What do you have? Everything. Everything. God is dwelling His presence in your temple. Wow. Isn't that amazing? Blows my mind every time I think about it. Why would God dwell in me? Because He loves me. He saved me. He redeemed me. He called me. And he's done the same thing for every one of you. Every one of us are Timothys today. What do you have? Second question, what do you want? What do you want? What do you want? Proverbs 29, 18 says, Where there is no revelation, people cast off restraint. But blessed is the one who heeds wisdom's instruction. In the King James it says, Where there is no vision. It's probably the more familiar passage where there's no vision people perish where there's no revelation where there's no knowledge being taught people perish I always know and you know this from the time we were born we're going somewhere we're going somewhere how many like to go somewhere I love going somewhere every day you get up you're going somewhere the question is where what's your destination the church is going somewhere I've seen churches go to great heights I've seen churches go to great depths I understand cycles, I understand seasons, but today I'm looking for people with revelation, people who have a fresh vision from God as to where they are going in their life. I want people to have a fresh revelation, a fresh vision of God of where PCA is going in this community because it's time that we rise up. It's time we look around and say, we have everything we need. No more excuses. Well, we can't do this. We don't have the right people for this and that. No, God has given this church everything you need. It's time to start doing with what God has given to us. But we've got to want it. Vision comes from God, not man. I've had a lot of men try to give me visions through the years of what the church, they wanted the church to be. I've had several men take me on little lunches and tell me this is what God is saying. And I'm like, I don't think so. It's not what God's saying to the church. It may be what God's saying to you, but not to the church. Because you see, vision does not come from man. 
Vision can only come from God. And I've had a lot of vision quenchers in my life, haven't you? I mean, God gives you a vision, God gives you a dream, and you begin to hold on to it. And then sometimes we're, we're, we're like Joseph. We, we tell other people our dream, and they go, what? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> God's not going to do that. And they start quenching it. But Zechariah 4.6 says this, This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. Zerubbabel had a pile of building material to build the God's house with, and it looked impossible to man. But God says, this is not about man. This is about me. It is not about your might and your might and your might. It is about my might. It is not about your power, your ability, your strength, your intellect. No, no. It's about me. And God said, it is not by your might nor by your power, but by my spirit. And today, church, I believe it is not about my intellect, my giftings, my abilities, nor your gifts, abilities, nor intellect. But it is all about the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit of God that says to this mountain of rubble you will become the house of God that says to mountains get into the sea that says to the impossible this shall be possible why? because we've got a God that says what do you want? the problem is today the churches don't want God because God will mess up everything in your life he doesn't just do it for me he messes yours up too but when God gives us vision and dreams, don't let people quench it. You've got to stand strong. It says, this is not my idea. This is what God has said. Matthew 16, 18. And I tell you that you are Peter. And on this rock, I will build my church. And the gates of Hades will not overcome it if you think hell is going to stop a church watch out not if this is a glorious church not if this is a church anointed by God not if this is a church that has been called to Ponca City to raise up the power and the anointing and to elevate Jesus Christ so that all men are drawn you've got another thing coming this is the house of God we are people of God and we've got everything we need we've got everything we want because God is in this house. Romans 8.31 What then shall we say in response to all these things? There's a lot of things today, right? What are you going to say when they're questioning everything? i got to tell you, in the very near future, this, this society is going to be questioning the Word of God. Because the Word of God is filled with racism, it's filled with slavery. It's filled with all kinds of things our societies are getting woke to and are saying, hey, we need to cancel. I'm telling you, the church is going to be under an attack because the word of God is going to be canceled if we allow it to. What do we say to all these things? What do you say when, you, when you're having all the gates of hell coming against you and your family and your life. What do you say to all these things? Shout it with me. Can you do that? 
I'll tell you what let's do. Let's all stand to our feet today. At this point of the message, you've been sitting too long. Stand to your feet, and we've got it on the screen. I want you to shout this with me to all of hell that is coming against you, your families, your friends, whatever it may be, your job, your whatever it may be, to all these things. Whatever that means in your life. You may say, Pastor, I'm not, I'm not really a shouter. I'm kind of a quiet person. Well, get ready to be loud. Okay? You ready? On the count of three, we're going to say this. If God be for us, who can be against us? You ready? Because I want you to get into your spirit what God has put into my spirit today. It is time for us to be the church God has called us to be, to get out of the earth of the Chaldeans, to get out of Haran, and to get to Canaan and start being and living what God has called us to be. So you're ready on the count of three. One, two, three. If God be for us. Who can be again? Again, if God be for us, who can be? Now this time, say it this way. If God be for me. You ready? One, two, three. If God be for me, who can stand against us? Come on. Do you believe that? If God is for us. God bless you. You may be seated. If God is for us. Who can be again? And that's spiritual warfare. Today I pastor two churches. The one that is here today and the one that will be here tomorrow. Got a lot of people still out from COVID. To those I would say, hey, even the governor has lifted all restrictions. Come home. Come home. Because there's something different when you're in the house than when you're watching it by live stream. There's something different about being together. We do not need to forget the assembling of ourselves together, especially as the day of his coming approaches. We need this more and more and more. The church of today, the church of tomorrow, you may say, well, pastor, how do we do it? How do we get what we want? Hebrews 11.1, faith is the confidence in what we hope for. That hope, I've told you, is not wishing hope. It's confidence. We have a confidence and an assurance about what we do not see. Yeah. What we do not see. I'm confident that it will happen. What I don't see. In your life and my life, we may see sickness and disease. We may see um, marriages falling apart. We may see finances flying out the window. We may see jobs getting all the... Not talking about what you see. I'm talking about what kind of revelation has God given to you? What kind of dream, what kind of vision has God given to you for you and your family about what you do not see? Yeah. For those of you that are single, yeah. What do you see in your future? Yeah. You see, we're to live by faith, not by sight. If you live by sight, all you're going to see is things. All you're going to see is all these things. All these questions, all these things that a lot of us have held dear for generations and generations are now being saying, what? What happened? Are we serious today? You see, we live by faith. We walk in victory and strength and vision. And when we walk into the presence of God, we take that vision and we lay it at his feet and we proclaim with confidence, God, I have faith. 
If you live by your feelings, by your sight, you will not have faith. It'll get destroyed. The enemy's good at coming to you and getting you to question God, to question your faith, to question your vision for your life. You see, for everything I have found in life, there's a tremendous price to pay. A tremendous price. Some people look at my life and go, man, I wish that were you. No, you don't. There's a tremendous price to being a pastor. There's a tremendous price in leadership. There's a tremendous price in leaving your family. There's a tremendous price in leaving your friends and leaving everything you're comfortable with and leaving finances, all those things. There's a price. And then once you start following Christ, the price gets higher and higher and higher because what you're doing is bigger and bigger and bigger. And the enemy hates you and hates you and hates you. And hey, I want the devil to get mad every time I wake up. He's awake. Oh, no. He's awake. I want hell to start getting upset when you start opening your eyes the first thing in the morning and your feet hit the floor. I want all of hell to begin to trim and say, oh, no, they're up again. We had a little bit of a break, but now they're awake. They're walking. They're talking. They're light into darkness. They're a glorious church. They're filled with the power and the anointing of God. Gates of hell start shaking. Watch out. Demons tremble. Jesus why? Because you are the church of God today. You are his people. Tremendous price. But God will bless your faith. You are confident in what you do not see. So what do you do? What do you want? What will you do is the question. I found in life there's a lot of talkers. <laughs> A lot of people are going to talk. You know what I found playing sports? I love sports. College basketball is my favorite. I love sports. And we had a lot of guys that were really good in practice. Man, they could make shots in practice. They were good defenders in practice. They were, they were really good in practice. And they were actually very good when our team came out in warm-ups. I mean, we had the music blaring. And we had, because we were the hornets, they had the buzz sound going on. You've entered the hornet's nest and all this kind of stuff. And man, these guys go out there and they're making layups and making shots. But when the buzzer sounded and the game was on, it was like some of them turned into different people. They couldn't make a layup. They couldn't hit a free throw. They couldn't make a shot. What happened? They were talkers. We got a lot of people today in the church that are talkers. Oh, they talk a big game. But when it comes to doing, and the Word of God challenges, we are to be what? Not only hearers, not only talkers, but we're to do the Word of God. And so the question is, what price will you pay? You can't just wish it. You've got to live it. Some people just want to go through the motions. Well, it's Sunday, go to church, go home. go to the, But it doesn't affect any part of their life. Questions. Some people just want to, you know, well, I mailed it in today. I don't want team, teammates like that, do you? When I get out there and start competing, if I'm a soldier, I don't want the soldier standing next to me just mailing it in. 
well, you know what? I don't feel like shooting anybody today. I, I, what? We're on the front line, man. Yeah, but I'm just not feeling it. I kind of got burned out as being a soldier, so I'm just going to kind of sit here and, you know, count my fingers and toes today. What? You're a soldier. Don't let me down. Yeah. We get on this court of competition and, yeah, I don't really want to guard this guy. Not really feeling it. You know, just talkers, no doers. I don't want people like that. I want people to go, it's game time, man. It's game time. The football players have this, have this uh, saying, I love it. We must protect this house. I love that. Whenever they get ready, you hear them sometimes in the huddle, we must protect this house. We must protect. Why? Because this is our territory, man. The enemies come onto our field, come into our house, trying to defeat us. That's when we stop and say, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. This is our house. This is the house of God. We will not let you in, much less defeat us. We are undefeated in the presence of God, and we're not going to lose today. Church is time for us to once again want healings in our church. To want salvations in our church. It is time for us to want people to be delivered from the addictions and the strongholds of the enemy. We don't need a 10-step program. We need a program where we lay hands on the sick. We lay hands on the addicted. We lay hands on those that are in strongholds. Anoint them with oil. Pray the prayer of faith and they shall be saved. They shall be healed and they shall be delivered. That's the kind of church God has called us to be it's time to look at what we do and what we have and what we want it's time to stop listening to the questions of our society let's don't get entangled in the affairs of our society we are aliens in this world this is not our home so why do we get entangled in all of their affairs when we're looking for a home that it, whose maker is not by man, whose hands are not man's hands? These things we have here, they're just things, and they will rust, and they will be destroyed by fire one day. So we cannot get apathetic, and we cannot get lethargic in our walk with God. He says, if you seek me, you will find me. And how many of us, the Bible says this, how many of us have went through our house, turned them upside down for something that's just a thing? The Bible says we lose things. We'll, we'll seek after them until we find them. The Bible says if you seek me, you will find me. If you ask, I will give it to you. And if you knock and keep on knocking, I will open the door and you may come into my presence. I just think today the church needs to be reminded of who we are. We need to ask some questions. I love questions. Because with questions you get answers. I ask God a lot of questions. And guess what? He gives me answers in the Word. And I believe today if we stop listening to the questions of society and start listening to the answers in the Word of God, we'll be a lot better off. Because you see, this question thing is nothing new. It started out in the book of Genesis. Adam and Eve were in the garden, living a great life. And that old serpent came up to Eve one day and said this question. 
did God really say? And it's been happening ever since. Wow. Did God really say, don't partake of this fruit? I'm uncomfortable. He just doesn't want you to be like me. And man, the intellect gets traction. And today, we've got a lot of questions going on about God and about what we're doing and how we're living and all these things. And if you're not careful, it'll start making sense to you then. It'll get traction. And then you'll start questioning. Well, you know, maybe that sounds, sounds right. Watch out, Eve. Watch out, Adam. Because when God's presence comes down, he doesn't excuse Adam nor Eve. He has to then make a sacrifice for their sin. And today, in the church, I'm hearing a lot of people asking questions. Well, is, I, you know, it might be all right for Assembly of God ministers to use profanity. Why not? I mean, come on. It might be okay to live this lifestyle and that lifestyle. I mean, come on. Seriously, this is nothing new. We have examples throughout the Word of God of how this has been a challenge to each generation. Did God really say? So I wrote down some things this week. When society asks questions, we must have the answers. And so going back to question one, what do you have? You have God, right? And guess what the enemy is constantly telling me to do? I'll tell you some things. And then I'm going to tell you what God says to do. And then you have to make your choice which way you're going. Because I found out with the word of God, that all of us have to make a choice. You either live for God or you're an enemy of God. That's a choice. And so here's some things. Uh, maybe this week the enemy's been telling me. Well, I'll tell you, it was this week. And I'm just going to tell you what my response was. When the devil tells me to sit down, I tell him, when I've done all I can do to stand, I'm going to stand in the power of the Almighty God. When the devil tells me to shut up, I'm going to shout out because that's what he told me to do, to shout unto God with a voice of triumph. When the devil says, you should be filled with fear, I'm going to tell him, God has not given me a spirit of fear, but he's given me power and love and a sound mind. I'm going to rise up in courage. When the enemy tells me, it's time to bow down, because everybody's bowing down, that's when I will rise up and stand up when nobody else is standing. When the enemy tells me that I am defeated, I'm going to tell him, I win. When the enemy tells me I'm bringing all hell against you, I'm going to tell him I got all of heaven on my side. Watch out because the angels are coming right now. When the devil tells me I've got you in a stronghold, I'm going to tell, tell the devil it's time for the stronghold to get torn down. When the enemy brings in barriers, I'm going to tell him that the Spirit of God floods in when there's a barrier lifted up. Hallelujah. When, when, when the devil sends me Goliath, 
I'm going to rise up as a David. When the enemy gives me a Red Sea, I'm walking right through that baby. I'm telling you today, it's time for the church to be the church, the glorious church of God, the mighty church of God that is without spot, wrinkle, or blemish. It is time today for us to bring the answers to all the questions. You believe that? Give God praise. Come on. I have questions, but God has answers. And when you have questions, where do you go for answers? To the Word of God. I need you to stand with me this morning. I want to ask you again, what do you have? What do you have? Because what you have and what you think you have may be two different things. What do you want in your life, in your children's lives, in the life of your family, in the life of this church, what do you want? And then what are you going to do? Talk about it or do something about it? What are you going to do? Because I've seen a lot of people put on the uniform and sit on the bench. Oh, I hated sitting on the bench. I remember, I think I may have told you this story, but if I have it, I'm going to tell you again. I was in the ninth grade, and I was on the end of the bench, way down there. I didn't think the coach knew my name. And I remember all of a sudden the coach looking down to the end of the bench. Bardwell, in! I was so excited. I ran out on the court with my warm-ups on. I had to have somebody come over and take my warm-ups off. Why? Because I was ready. And I've had people for years, oh, I, I, I need to get ready. I need to get ready. Listen, we don't need to get ready. We should always be ready. The problem is we get all these things that the enemy brings into our lives. We get all these things that the enemy puts into our minds. And we walk into this building which is not the church. You are the church. This is just the building we meet in. And we walk in here and we're already defeated. We walk in here and we're already filled with doubts. We walk in and we're already questioned. Will God really do it? He doesn't give you a vision that he is not able to fulfill. He doesn't give you dreams just to have him look at you and go, I'm just kidding, I'm not going to do that for you. No. And I feel like that in your lives today, the enemies come in like a flood. And that's the way some people like to read it. When the enemy comes in like a flood, no. When the enemy comes in like a flood, God will bring up a barrier against him. But you can't sit down. You got to stand up. You can't shut up. You got to shout out. You can't be held in strongholds. You got to break them. You can't be the one to say, well, maybe, maybe, I don't know. No, today, today God needs you and God needs me to be people 
who will be people of confidence. Upon this rock, I will build my church. And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. If I am for you, then who can be against you? For you are called to be more than conquerors through Jesus Christ, who loved you and has called you according to His purposes. That God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you can ask or imagine according to the power that is at work within you. Either we believe this book or we don't. And if we believe it, then we live it because we live by faith, not by sight, not by feelings. I got to tell you, if I lived by feelings, I would not be here today. I would have called it in. If I live by feelings today, I wouldn't be standing in front of you proclaiming this truth. And the enemy wins. And today we're fighting battles right now. Because as I'm speaking, some of you have already tuned out. How much longer is it going to be? Because I'm getting ready for lunch. There's a war going on for the attention of the mind. As I'm speaking right now, some of you have already decided. This must be for somebody else. And I told you last week, no more messages for somebody else. Every message is for you Amen. and me and me Amen. and me. Every message. So what do you have, church? You, what do you have? What kind of dreams and visions has God given to you? And in the last few months, the last year, the enemy's come in and been a vision quencher in your life. Well, it's probably not going to happen. I don't, I don't know. It was just pie in the sky anyway, Pastor. It wasn't really. I mean, not me. I could never do that. I don't know what I was thinking. Boy, have I been there with the enemy fighting all those battles. For years and years, every time I go to do anything for God, guess what the enemy does? Ramps up the fight. Woo! I'm going to take that preacher down this time. I mean, the church we're building in New Mexico, I'm telling you, the first Sunday we had gone into phase two where we're moving out of our building into another building to, and 300 people left in one Sunday. 300 people in one Sunday left. Why? Well, we didn't know it was going to be like this. Okay, we're getting ready for a multi-million dollar building. Where's all the people, God? And I never will forget the moment God told me. Who do you think's building this? Who do you think's building this? And then I watch God just bring families after family. One service, two services, three services, on and on it goes. So in your life, if you think you're doing something, you're, you're really mistaken. And if you're here today, it's not by accident. Nothing's by accident. Because if you're a child of God, God has directed your footsteps for here, right here today. God directed you to be here. Amen. God directed me to be here. And that's not without reason. Amen. This is serious. I've seen families 
lose everything because they didn't stand up and fight for it. I've seen churches lose everything because they just became apathetic. It's not how many people are in the building. It's how many people we take to heaven. The buildings, I've seen buildings full, but not everybody went to heaven. Not everybody's going to heaven that's in the building. The Bible tells us that. But today I want to challenge every one of you. What do you want? What are you going to do? And what do you have? And if you're here today, God had birthed something inside of you and it's gotten placed on the back burner. It's time to get it back to the front burner. If you're here today and you need salvation, guess what? God's big enough to do that. I I loved your testimony. Wow. During worship, wasn't that powerful? Here's what my life was, but here's what it is now. God can take your was and make it a past, and now all things become new. If you're here today and need healing, God can heal you body. He took stripes on his back. He didn't do that in vain. If you're here today and need a, a deliverance from addictions, God can do that. Because he says this, I will take strongholds and break them. I will deliver you out of all of your iniquities, not just I wasn't just talking about just our lack of salvation. He said, all of your problems, I'll deliver you out. And if you've been questioning any of that lately, today I challenge you, go back to the Word and read the answers again, afresh and anew. And you take and you walk boldly into the throne room of God. If you've got children that aren't serving God, you walk into that throne room and you lay their names at his feet. Whatever you have need of, he declares, I will meet your needs according to his riches. And this week I've been challenged afresh and anew. What do you have? I know what I got. What do you want? What are you going to do? Questions. And I know for a long time, we have not had people come to the front a long time. We've not had the anointing and laying on of hands. But guess what? The governor lifted all restrictions. Hallelujah. I'm just going to take him at his word. But if you feel comfortable with that, I believe there's a God right here that wants to ignite the flame inside your heart again to set you on fire. Our God is a consuming fire. There's a God here today that wants to heal your body and strengthen you because in your weakness, His strength is made perfect. There's a God here today that wants to bring you back close and hold you in his arms so tight. Jesus got up on that ledge looking over Jerusalem and said, Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem. I wish you would have allowed me to hug you up. But you didn't. Today I believe God's calling you and me. I want to hug you up. I want to just hold you. We got to let him. We gotta let him. And so for the next few minutes, I want to open up this altar. 
We have board members that are going to come. They're going to pray with you. You need to tell them why you're here. What do you want? Board members want you to come. And I want you to ask people when they come, what do you want? I believe when we confess what we want, that also begins to activate our faith. I want this mountain to be moved. You shall say to the mountains, be cast into the sea, and they shall be cast into the sea. Yeah. Wow. I believe this. He's got all the answers. All the answers. All the answers to all your questions. Maybe you just need a fresh anointing of the Holy Spirit. I don't know. What do you want? What do you want? So today, go ahead, man. Come on up front and stand and face the congregation. There's other board members here. Mr. Fred, so great to see you come in. Ha. I'm about to have a, a shout right now just seeing Fred here today. Mr. Kyle, could you kind of scoot over here and kind of make some room? We got some other board members. We got nine of these guys. I don't know where they're at. But I want you to come. I want you to feel free. Nobody's going to judge. Nobody's going to, because they don't know what you want. I want you to come. I'm going to stand right here. We're going to anoint you with oil and pray the prayer of faith. They're going to lead in worship. And can we be Pentecostal? Can we be the church God has called us to be? To pray and anoint and allow God to be God. I think this pandemic has given us a quick excuse to get out of here quick. We come in, preacher says amen, we leave, there's no... And I told you last week how I feel about the altars. It's a place of sacrifice. It's a place that gets kind of kind of messy. But we walk away clean. Today, I believe the Holy Spirit's working in your heart. Because He wouldn't have me ask this if He didn't have you also questioning and to want answers. The worst thing that can happen is to have questions and no answers. I don't like when somebody says, I don't know. Because I said so. I don't like that. But when God says it, it holds, it holds true. Would you start singing? Would you start coming? You find you a board member. They're going to ask you, what do you want? They've got oil here. They've got oil there. There's we're going to pray by faith. Right I'm going to meet you right here in the middle, and we're going to pray and believe. I believe God for miracles. I believe God for healings. I believe God for salvations. I believe God can be God. Amen. He wants to hold you. Your presence, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Don't let the enemy talk you into staying there. Come on. Come on. I know I feel I've this in my heart. Tasted and seen Come on. of the sweetest of love. When my heart becomes free and my shame is undone. Your presence, Lord. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come flood We sure hope you were blessed by Pastor Bardwell's message. Join us anytime at pcachurch.com and every Sunday at 2313 East Prospect in Ponca City.